Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And I'm live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub, and I'm I'm so pleased and honored to have a very special guest with me on our podcast. And her name is Sifu Fran Joseph, and she is the wife of one of Bruce Lee's original five students, the late Jerry Potit, Sifu Jerry Potit. So uh, it's a real great privilege. I have her on the phone here, just right here, that's resting on my speaker. And uh, you know, hopefully the audio is going to be good. I think I set it up kind of nicely here, so we should be good. And uh, we're we're going to talk about strategy. We're going to talk about you know the art of uh, Jeet Kune Do, which is uh, you know Bruce Lee's form of martial arts. So, without further ado, I'd love to introduce Fran Joseph, Sifu Fran Joseph. Sifu, of course, means teacher in I think it's Cantonese. I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's also the same in. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we'd love to learn about you and sort of what your connection was to to Bruce Lee, and then I'd love to get into kind of the art of strategy, and I'd love to get into some of the insights. Some of the stuff that we were talking about was really interesting for me. Okay, well, I started martial arts when I was seven years old, and uh, <laughs> I'm old, so <laughs> I've been doing it for decades, decades and decades. My uncle's jujitsu police class. Um, I have black belts in, in several different arts. I boxed, I kickboxed, and I also was fortunate enough to train with several of Bruce Lee's uh, top students, everybody from Jesse Glover to Jerry. So um, I think I pretty much have some insight into uh, the strategies and the philosophies. In particular, Jerry's lineage of Jeet Kune Do is philosophy in motion. It is philosophy-based, and it's very different from most others. It's not about physical techniques. It's about accessing that part of yourself that goes beyond it. And it sounds strange, but if you did it and you did it in the progression that Jerry had developed, you almost had mystical powers. Mm. Um, I got in the ring with uh, kickboxing champions that were 240 pounds, and I could I could neutralize them pretty much. And I, you know, everybody was much younger, much fitter, faster, but I was able to neutralize their skills by using this art and it, it translates to life as well, not just martial arts. So you asked me about business and the thing that martial arts and Jeet Kune Do in particular teaches you is how to have control over your mind and your body. Uh, martial arts isn't about fighting because most of us will never get into a fight. Hopefully. <laughs> right. But uh, yes, it's for self-defense, but it's about controlling your mind. It's about training your mind to believe in yourself so that you can achieve anything and learn that power rests within you, not outside, Hmm. not outside of you and nowhere else. Um, An entrepreneur in particular needs to believe in herself or himself. So you have to have control over your emotions and not get discouraged. And martial artists, especially with uh, training with Jerry Poteet, you learn right away that if you don't focus, 
and you're not in, you're not happy to be uncomfortable, you won't do very well because Jerry's was about flinging open those floodgates, the doors to the floodgates and letting it all flood in and taking a look at self. And when you do that, you don't get discouraged. You're not, you, you, you're, you get used to discomfort in business. You can get pushed around. You can get out of your comfort zone very easily if you don't have this mental ability. So whether you're negotiating or handling complaints or quality control, um, when, whenever you get uncomfortable or you're in unfamiliar territory, you just fit in. You use the fitting in principle. So it's the same in business as it is in life. So Jerry used to quote Sun Tzu all the time, know your enemy and know yourself and you can win a thousand battles. The easy part is knowing your enemy. The hard part of that is knowing yourself. Mm. Knowing your enemy and knowing yourself and you can know win a thousand. Know your enemy and know yourself and you can win a thousand battles. Mm. And, this, and this is from Art of War. This is from the art of war, mm, which yeah. is one of the cornerstones of Jeet Kune Do philosophy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big so fan. Yeah. If you know your enemy, which most people do, even in warfare, but it's knowing yourself. So to take the Taoist principles, when do you give way if the force is greater? Whether it's battlefield, or whether it's business, or whether it's something that's happening in your life, like right now, our situation. We have to take in what comes and let it pass. Yeah. Obviously, it can be done. Nelson Mandela, almost three decades, was in solitary confinement and became president of South Africa. Right. So it can be done because yeah. he used his mind. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny story about that is that he was, there's, there's a, I'll just do give you a little uh, comedic break here on that one. But one of the, I, th I think it was, I think it was, was it Chris Rock that said, you know, he stayed married in prison for almost three decades, but within, uh, you know, half a year, you know, <laughs> he got divorced. <laughs> and I, I think that's a testament maybe to, to, you know, how maybe difficult marriages are. <laughs> that was a different prison, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. But you're, that, you're, one he, what, that one he could break out of. <laughs> Hopefully, our, our personal lives are, are good as well. Yeah. It's all about yin and yang and balance. Well, I, I think that that's actually one of the most interesting things um, that I think you mentioned in our in our previous conversation. When I was I was kind of focused on business strategy, and then you kind of corrected me and you said, "No, no, no it's 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 about life," you know. And it's about yeah. I I, I want to tell a story here when Jerry um, he had had to interview to train with Bruce mm. and he had to go through an application process one-on-one -on -one with him and physically Jerry was uh, he was incredible I mean he was one in a million skill wise physicality wise but um, Bruce Lee said what's the biggest thing you can think of and Jerry kind of puffed up his chest and said the universe <laughs> very pleased with himself and Bruce just shot him a glare and said too small <laughs> right can you imagine the universe is too small <laughs> well that that's that's almost that that uh, that famous there's a famous scene actually in I think birth of the dragon where he's fighting there's a famous fight scene and 
you know, he says, now you're learning your limits. I think it was Wong Jack. I think I forgot who the fight was with. And he says, Bruce Lee famously says, what limits? <laughs> <laughs> what, or he should have said, what fight? Yeah, yeah, what fight? <laughs> right. It's, it's like in martial arts right now, there's a big thing. Well, there's a kicking range, there's boxing range, there's grappling. That's, you know, to us, that's silly. There's only, a, in, when you're in combat, there's only fighting range. That's it. There's actually no range. No ranges. Got so it. it's a different way of seeing the world. It's a different way of approaching martial arts, whether it's Eastern martial arts or Western martial arts. Certainly fencing played a big big part in, in the development of Jeet Kune Do, the principles of fencing. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's actually one of the one of the most interesting things for me is this is the first time at least I've seen where in martial arts something has been in in a modern martial arts sense what a way to pull from so many magnificent other art forms self defense techniques you know fencing uh, brilliant jiu jitsu judo karate like everything what was the inspiration no, but, but Jeet Kune Do is only bruce's modified boxing okay bruce lee's modified wing chun okay and the principles are from fencing and some of the footwork the lunge got it so, so those three arts, you really don't need, Jerry called it hamburger helper. You really don't need anything else. Got if it. If you've internalized the principles and you have the physical skills, you really don't need anything else. You don't need this. You don't need that. It's not a buffet. It's very similar to if you're going to master the piano, you don't you don't learn trombone, drums, guitar at the same time. Yeah. So if you, it's a laser-like focus. It's a laser. That's that. That's one of the misunderstandings of of what Chi Kune Do is. Mm. It's not a grab bag of. It's not a collection of techniques. On the contrary, it's less and less. You're chipping away. Less well, that, and less. Well, that that's that's really interesting because one of the things that I've been trying to learn more about is this idea of taking what works and then getting rid of things that are kind of superfluous. And I think that that was a big philosophy of Bruce Lee's. Can you speak to that? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Um, it, it, again, it could be life or it could be martial arts. So um, if you're, I don't know, if you're in a, in a life and death fight, you don't, you don't, uh, you, the, the less you have, the better it is you can respond reflexively it should be a it should be an immediate reflex to do whatever you're doing in, in a self-defense situation so if you have 10,000 techniques if you need jerry used to say if you need 20 moves to stop a jab something's wrong <laughs> <laughs> well talk about being relevant for business strategy i yes. mean if yes. if there is so much motion to accomplish a goal chances are you're spending way too much energy <laughs> on the motions and not the actual accomplishment of the goal. Right. So you want it to hit. And a hit could be anything mm. in, in a self-defense situation. But it hits. And if you're really on your game in a perfect Jeet Kune Do universe, you're intercepting. So Jerry took it beyond intercepting somebody's motion 
he took it to intercepting somebody's intention. Interesting. And now, now we're getting into that semi-mystical element that he had. And he, it, it, was, it was like he could read your mind. Mm. Now, that, that I've seen actually in a Bruce Lee movie. And I'm trying to remember the scene. They were outdoor in a courtyard. And there was a fight. And Bruce Lee talks about this idea of intercepting the, the, the fist or the kick, but also then the intention. So this is really interesting. Tell me more about this. Well, uh, if you, it was like Jerry could read your mind. So if I was sparring with him, for example, and and that was usually a very painful experience, but I loved it. Uh, I, you know, and I'd want to try something else. I'd say, okay, well, now I'm going to go to, for example, a front leg hook kick. He would know a minute before I thought that what I was going to do. I don't know how he did, but he did. But he could intercept my intention. I guess he could read on my face or my body that something wasn't working and I was going to try another tactic. And obviously you can apply that to business as well and to life. Mm. But you need, you need that, you need that awareness. You need that awareness. Jerry's Kondo was pure because it was about awareness about yourself as much as the outside world about yourself. For example, he, he said, why would anybody ever put themselves in a cage? And cage fighting, you know, is very popular. Yeah. But, to him, but to him, you know, you've put yourself in a cage, literally. Why would you ever do that? Mm. You, you've limited yourself. Right. And I mean, I think as, as, as business people, as entrepreneurs, as creative people, as innovators, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to push the limits on our expression, our communication, and our creativity. And, and, yes. and I love what you said about just really knowing ourselves, you know, that, that idea of self-realization, because I, I agree with you that when we can know ourselves, that's when we can truly exceed all the limits that we might have, either that, that are personally imposed upon us or that are, that are out there in the, in the wild. Because you know, quite often in the spirit of, you know, Sun Tzu's Art of War, our biggest threats are sometimes our biggest opportunities. Yes, absolutely. And I think the world is facing that right now. It could be, it, it can be an opportunity, not a threat, an opportunity. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're seeing that, um, you know, this is, this is a, a, an idea that I explore kind of on a daily basis because, you know, I speak to business people and I speak to people that uh, are, are trying to conduct their business and to carry on. And there's plenty of limitations right now. And, uh, you know, people are being creative to figure out how they can kind of break through. And it's and it's so interesting to hear that process, you know. Right. And it's so right. interesting. It's, yes. You know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to fit in. Right. We have to fit in. Yeah. The, as Bruce said to Jerry, it's the only thing it, that's constant is change. Yes. And you have to change with the changeless state. Everything's changing. You have to you have to use that fitting in principle. Right. If that's... you don't, you won't make it. In a fight or life, you have to fit in. You have to, you know, I hate the word flow because it's kind of um, a stereotype of martial arts. Hmm. But it's really true. You have to, you have to flow. The, the flow has to be there and you have to, and you have to express yourself no matter what you're doing. Right. Failure 
is a really big part of Bruce Lee's story, as I understand, where initially I think he got some of the most interesting rejections in, in Hollywood and, you know, with martial arts and creating his business and his studios. And, you know, even um, even uh, the, the classic story of Wong Jack Man, you know, that I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a challenge where, you know, the the. Uh, you know, folks in Hong Kong or China, they sort of didn't want Bruce Lee to share Jeet Kune Do with the West. And and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a famous fight between Bruce Lee and, and Wong Jok Man, where actually, I, I think he won. And then, uh, you know, by virtue, I think he won the right to actually to bring Jeet Kune Do to the West. Uh, but then, you know, moving forward into Hollywood, and, you know, just getting rejected by so many folks, as I, I've learned from, you know, so many of the folks that I've spoken to, like, you know, Sifu Ed. And, and you know, they talked to me about this idea where, you know, uh, th there was racism, you know, and this idea of a man. Still yeah, you know, this, yeah. And that and that's really interesting. But, you know, what a magnificent way to kind of bring to turn that into an opportunity where he could become truly that that totally unique individual where there was no one like him. I mean, talk about not having competitors. I mean, who was a competitor in Hollywood to Bruce Lee when he came around? I mean, maybe there's some obscure folks that we can think of, but, but I, I can't at least right now, you know? And, uh, and I, and I think that that's so interesting from a strategic perspective, because one of the things that I always talk about is how can we enter into a space with competitors where we actually are not even competing because we're totally in our own space. Right. You know? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Somebody who's unique. To me, Bruce Lee is sort of the, from, from a female perspective, he embodies male beauty. Mm. And, um, you know, eye candy doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's uh, probably one of the most beautiful men of all times. And every time uh, Muscle and Fitness or whatever magazine puts his image on a cover, they sell out. Yeah, and he's been gone for decades. Right. So uh, he's still the embodiment of male beauty. Um, so uh, there, there's that factor. Uh, but he's also an inspiration. Yeah. He's such an inspiration to people. He had everything going against him, and yet he turned that around and became iconic, mm. and and succeeded in becoming breaking that that breakthrough. That breakthrough. Yeah. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing when we when we worked on Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which we were proud to be a part of. Uh, Jerry felt like you know he it was his way of giving back to his teacher, and um, yeah, that story is true, and it's just as inspirational today as it was then. And and what was the process like for you with that for, in that in that production? Uh, well, you know, it's Hollywood. Yeah. So basically, um, first of all, we got very lucky with Jason Scott Lee, uh, the actor who was uh, cast to play Bruce. Uh, he was uh, it was like fine tuning a Stradivarius. Mm. He was he was in, he, he'd been a dancer, a surfer. Uh, he'd done, uh, you know, he, he, a lot of physical ability, speed, fluidity. But he also had the grace. He had that explosiveness with the grace and power, so uh, it was a dream to uh, to to work with him. And Jerry told him stories, played uh, phone 
messages with Bruce. So he really, really gave him, I think, access to at least the Bruce Lee that Jerry knew. And I think that shows on screen. But again, you have to keep, you have to keep them honest. You know, they wanted at the time, uh, Jackie Chan was very popular and I love Jackie Chan, but Bruce Lee was not Jackie Chan. So every time they wanted to make a fight scene into a comedy, uh, Jerry was there in particular saying, no, 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 no. That isn't what Bruce would have done. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think of uh, comedy when I think of Bruce Lee, but I'm sure he was such a dynamic, almost Renaissance man. I'm sure he had all the facets. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he had, he had, uh, actually the Bruce, the Jerry knew was a prankster and a funny guy. He was not, I don't think people realize what a great actor he was. Yeah. He didn't walk around without a shirt starting fights everywhere. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry said he usually wore a business suit and glasses when they went out. <laughs> so <laughs> he's acting and he's performing. He's honestly expressing himself, as he would say. Mm. But, uh, but now, anyway, I think the proudest moment of, of, of the film for Jerry was that he, he suggested to the director that there be a scene where Linda Lee, his wife, and Bruce Lee, uh, the actors, uh, do the kata together, the bow. Mm. And to me, that, that sort of, that, that's sort of the symbol of the whole film. You know their life together oh that's beautiful yeah well you know this idea of of grace that you mentioned i think is really interesting because a lot of people don't know that uh you know he was a champ when it even came to dance i think there was a, yes. a competition that yes. he won in cha-cha-cha yeah and i think it's, it's and jerry loved to dance too oh interesting yeah i think i've seen a photo jason was a dancer yes oh that's amazing because i think what's so interesting about that is you know, this idea of being, you know, the the full, complete human being, you know, with masculine, feminine, you know, the, the right brain, the left brain, you know, all that stuff doesn't mean anything anymore, you know, when it comes to really, truly being holistic, you know, it really means about, you know, embodying the self and just being able to be adaptive and, and, yes. and, and the fitting principle. Yeah. Yes, you don't have to have uh, head-to-toe tattoos and froth at the mouth to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Nelson Mandela, right? Yeah. When somebody asked Jerry about who was the toughest guy in the world, and people said this martial artist and that martial without hesitation, he said Nelson Mandela. Who could endure that? Very few people. Well, what, is, what does martial arts even mean? Are, the... Important word is art, not mm. martial. Mm. The important word is art. Mm. So Jeet Kune Do in particular is a refined art. It's not a gross motion motor skill art. Uh, it's more like fencing. It's very refined. It's very precise. Uh, but that's that's just Jeet Kune Do. But the art part of it is the also the philosophy. Mm. So again, if you're using these principles, for example, I'm not a large person. So if somebody's stronger than me, if the force is greater, give way. One of the principles of Taoism. I have to give, and then I have to borrow their energy. So I can I can use, um, um, Jerry said I used bigger people like a waterbed, my own personal waterbed. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting. But uh, if, you, if you have that principle, and you can use that in business, 
you can give way and then borrow their energy and and maybe springboard off their marketing platform. So, you know, it's it's it can be anything in any aspect of life. Very interesting. Taoism. Taoism. How can we yes. how can we learn how to use Taoism in our lives without spending the next without <laughs> spending is, the next 20 years on a mountaintop? Very, it's very difficult because here's the here's the other situation in in western culture um we're we're very capitalistic which i am as well i'm you know i love the good things in life um but it's hard uh because taoism teaches you not to want Mm. not to struggle not to want not to covet not to try and when you get to a certain point especially in martial arts the less you try the better you are the more you succeed Mm. And and talk to me about that a little bit. That well, that's a par- I mean, it's a par- that's the definition of a paradox. <laughs> yes, it is. If you try, you're in a mechanical stage. Mm. So, for example, it would be like um, you're go- always going backwards if you're if you're trying. You're in a mechanical stage. It's like playing the piano. What key am I in? What keys am I hitting? When you flow and you don't try and it happens well it's just beautiful you're playing beautifully you're expressing yourself it's the same with martial arts and it's the same with business of course you have to go through that mechanical stage but you know it's like adding on arts and you know in your martial art i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and jerry would say well why would you go back to kindergarten when you've been to harvard you're always going backwards but again there's a sense of accumulation in western culture more 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 right so jerry made a decision as did ted wong as did jesse glover as did daniel lee and uh, steve golden and others to live a simple life and not be you know not not go after thousands of instructors and hundreds of schools and this and that and uh, you know and so they could when they taught Jeet Kune Do or what they learned from Bruce it was it was pure mm. and that's, that's when powerful. you learn that way it's it's yeah the less you try the better the better your outcome the less you try of course you have to be prepared you know you have to go through the training how often have people shown up and said well I watched this video or I did this, I, I, you know, I trained a week here, I took a seminar here, and they think that they're experts. And unfortunately, that doesn't, doesn't work. But um, you have to learn under pressure. And then once you, once you get through that, that stage, then you're free to express yourself, whether it's business, whether it's martial arts, whether it's love, <laughs> right? Relationships can be rocky. Um, so... Yeah, you have to go through that. Well, I, the less you the less you try, the better the outcome. Well, that that's really poignant for me because I think one of the things that uh, a lot of us suffer from, which is of course is a natural human condition, is you know fear. And I think that yes. when we feel fear, whether it's in a combat situation or whether it's in business, it doesn't really matter. Is that that's when we really start to try, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of survival response sometimes leads to it's, our demise because it's it's blockage. It's an obstacle. 
it's an obstacle. You know, I remember when I was when I was young, I was at a volleyball game, and uh, I, I played volleyball in high school for just a bit. And I remember I was on the benches, and I wasn't very good. <laughs> and I remember there was, you know, we were trying to win, and uh, you know, we were struggling. Our team was struggling, and I remember one of the one of the one of the parents of stood up and said, "Hey guys, just have fun." And he just started screaming, "Just have fun!" Uh -huh. And it was really interesting because a lot of folks started to chant that. You know, it was it was a home game, so you know, <laughs> we had the we had the volume, so we started to chant that, "Just have fun, just right. have fun." Right. And what's the point if you can't have fun, <laughs> right? And it was really interesting for me because I realized, you know, what my block was was that I wasn't focused on having fun when I would play. I was focused on not screwing up, which is fear you know and i remember when i'd go back and i and i'd shoot a basketball or i'd hit a volleyball you know i never became amazing at it but but nevertheless i remember the mindset started to change and you know i i think about this in in terms of when i watch bruce lee of course when i watch jerry petite you know when i see them you can tell that they're they're just having fun they're having the time of their lives yeah yes, yes. right Jerry used to quote Bruce all the time. Yeah. Bruce had an expression when he trained him, play, but play seriously. Mm. Play, but play seriously. Mm -hmm. So you're playing, you're enjoying yourself. But of course you're taking when, especially if punches and kicks are flying at your head, you're, <laughs> you're taking the, the situation seriously, but you're not taking yourself seriously. Right. Right. Play, but play seriously. Right. Well, I think that's really where, <laughs> and and I'll go here since it's since it's I think such an interesting uh, topic. But you know the representation of of Bruce Lee in in Tarantino's recent film, you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> which is such a mess because you know I, I wonder what what the goal of that was because the Bruce Lee that was portrayed in that film was not the Bruce Lee that we're talking about now. That Bruce okay, Lee. Before you go on, Jerry was there. Ah, <laughs> it, the scene is com completely, it, it's a complete fabrication <laughs> of what actually happened. Yeah. And uh, I guess it was done to, uh, you know, it's Hollywood. And it's, yeah. Tarantino is a brilliant filmmaker, but he got the facts wrong. I right. I don't know who, who misinformed him. Jerry was there. I've uh, actually written something about that that I'm going to publish soon. So it did not happen that way at all. Okay. And Bruce Lee, it, certainly not the man Jerry knew. Right. Bruce Lee was never arrogant. Confident, yes. Arrogant, no. Right. Jerry said, and, and everybody, all, all of my Jeet Kune Do teachers, said he was incredibly kind. Yeah. Very thoughtful, incredibly kind. No. Not the person represented there. One of my uh, my my friend Roberto Monaco once said to me, he said, uh, "If you don't tell your own stories, other people will tell it for you." <laughs> and I love it when he said that to me. And I had a really interesting reaction. He was on video, and I was kind of blown away with it. I got that kind of the goosebumps moment. And you know, I realized that as an inspiration for me, just personally, how important it is. Um, to share our stories, you know, so that other people can't share them for us. So whatever it is 
Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we have to start to document our lives and share every single thing that happens in our lives. But, you know, we are living in a, in, a, in a day and an age where, you know, we can express ourselves through social media and through Instagram, yeah. YouTube. And, you know, right. there's so many, so many podcasts. There's so many fantastic ways to share our mm -hmm. stories and to, and to get right. them out there. So I'm, I'm inspired. Right. If yeah. you want to get to the essence, otherwise it's just white noise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's cultural flotsam. You know, that you're wading through all the time because there's so much. Yeah. So you want to get through to the essence right. of who you are. Uh, so as Jerry used to say, it's the difference between doing and being. Be mm. that kick. Be mm. that punch. Mm. Be that business deal. Be that husband. Be that lover. Be that friend. Mm. And and how can and how can we do that? You have to be mindful. That's one way. You have to express yourself totally and completely without fear. Mm. Um, actually, falling in love is one of the scariest things in the world. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it's my female perspective, but I think for men too, it makes you very vulnerable. You're open yeah. to being hurt, rejection. Um, and um, I hope most of us have had that experience. It's a wonderful experience, but, uh, you know, you have to be, it's a total, you know what? It comes down to commitment. Mm. It's a total commitment. You're not thinking about what you had for breakfast or what you're going <laughs> to, I'm Italian. I'm always obsessing about food. <laughs> American. So you're not thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. You're not thinking about, Oh, my boss said this today to me. You're just being. Mm. And when you're doing martial arts and in particular, you need that commitment. You have to have that hundred percent commitment. Right. And that is, it is so important right now <laughs> for us as individuals about life you know it's, yes. it's the commitment right now to commitment to to do better and i guess to to fulfill our potential right yes um but we have a lot of potentials it's not yeah. just one yes yeah. yeah yeah to be not do but be right yeah there's this there's this topic that's getting thrown around a lot and uh you know this idea of work-life balance you know, it's ever, ever so relevant right now just because our our worlds are just blended together now. Like every day is Blur's Day, right? And uh, <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, I've sort of personally realized that um, work-life balance, that that's a, it's a fallacy. It's, it's hard to, it's just, it's, we're, we're living our lives right now. You know, we're living our lives. And uh, actually, I think uh, my friend, uh, Kurt Mercadante speaks about this a little bit, you know, where there is no work-life balance. It's just, it's just life. And that's exactly what we're living in right now. Yes. Right? Yes. It's just life. It's, it's just, just life. life. And I think to your point, I think, you know, the goal or the essence is, is just to be, which of course sounds abstract and a little esoteric, but um, mm -hmm. it's, it's the truth. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is a, a true story I'm sharing with you. When Jerry had a liver transplant in 1996, he was one of the very first liver transplants to be done. And the surgeons told me to make funeral arrangements. And I don't know, to this day, I don't know how I knew. But 
I said to them, you do your job, he'll do his and he'll be fine. Mm. And I knew, I just knew. And it's that kind of knowing. It wasn't wishful thinking. It wasn't hope. It wasn't optimism. But I knew. I knew. I knew Jerry. And then Jerry told me later that he used Jeet Kune Do to survive the fight of his life—a liver transplant. Mm. So he used the principles to survive. And and how how did he do that? Let's. That's really interesting. He said he said he knew he was helpless physically, and he was in a coma. But yet he. He was aware of what was going on, and Jerry had incredible awareness. Um, it, it, something that I don't know if he was born with it or trained it or got it from Bruce Lee, but he had tremendous awareness, not only of his uh, physical environment, but of everybody else's uh, feelings, moods, thoughts. But he said he heard the doctors, and he, he heard Bruce say, step through the door, walk through the door walk through the door, and when Bruce said that to him, it meant, try. If you don't go through the door and give it your best shot, you won't know. A lot of people open the door. A lot of people peek in, but they don't step through. And, and does that go back to commitment? goes back to commitment, taking a chance, letting it go, letting it go, taking a chance. When, when Bruce met, uh, Jerry met, excuse me, when Jerry met Bruce for the first time in Oakland at James Lee's house, uh, he said, here was this Chinese kid. He, to him, he was a kid because he looked so young <laughs> that opened the door. Right. And he said, I, I thought to myself, gee, what's all the, what's all the excitement about? He doesn't look, he was very, very sweet and said, come on in. And Jerry said he hesitated for a second at that door, but he walked through. And when he walked through, he stepped into his future. Wow. And what do you think was, what do you think was, was Bruce Lee's driving factor in all of this? What, what drove him? Where did his ambitious ambition come from? Ambition? I don't think it was ambition so much as genius needing to express itself. Well, we're not all lucky to have that. No, we're not. But Bruce Lee was. So, you know, we have, we, we have to take a look here and be honest. He was brilliant. Uh, brilliant in every way as a philosopher, as a martial artist, as an actor, as a performer. Um, so people like that don't come around very often. So he wasn't he wasn't the guy that just that worked the hardest. I mean, he was given a gift. Of course he but well, a lot of people have gifts, but they don't apply them, they don't use them, they don't develop them. So Jerry said he would, you know, even when he was watching TV, he was doing weights with one hand on the couch and then writing with the other in a notebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. My, my version of that is uh, having my laptop open and answering emails. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'll do a little, you know, an ab flex, you know, every once in a while, I'll just throw a couple in there. <laughs> Or a little peck lift, you know, if I'm able. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Bruce Lee was just expressing himself mm. uh, <clears throat> the, the way geniuses do. 
whether it's Beethoven or whether it's uh, Elon Musk or whether it's, they're people that are just honestly expressing themselves to use his expression. He wasn't trying to be anything. He was, he was that. Mm. Very interesting. Well, I think, um, I think that, you know, all of us have some sort of a gift, you know, and I think to your point, it's about, it's about commitment and it's about, uh, walking through the door, right? <laughs> Walk through that door. Yeah. Jerry used to, with me, used to call it a, when we were training, a window of opportunity. Mm. So free yourself from your opponent's force, but free yourself from your own force, your own obstruction. So how often do you hesitate? And then you see an opening and then you think, oh, I'm going to throw a cross or I'm going to trap or I'm going to throw a kick or I'm going to sweep. Or By then it's too late. You're three beats behind, mm. right? And we're always trying to catch beats of time in life, time in a bottle. And um, Jerry would say, when, you, when, you, when that window opens a crack, jump through it, leap through it. Don't wait. Right. And I, I think that's what, what we have to do. Well, I mean, it sounds like we're talking about risk now. Everything's a risk, right? Again, this is very topical. Leaving your house is a risk. Yeah. Right. Everything's a risk. True. Using your toaster is a risk. True. Especially next to a bathtub. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed how many house fires start every year with toasters. <laughs> right. Using your toaster is a risk. Right. So you can't live life that way. Right. Of course, you have to be careful, but yes, you have to be free. You have to free yourself from your own force. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, when I think of free freeing yourself from your own force, um, I always go back to this this conversation that I had with one of my friends, Violet Rainwater, who who talks about you know a lot of the conflicts, actually all of the conflicts that we have in our lives, according to her, and I and I think she's right, stem from childhood trauma of some sort. And I think that a lot of the things that hold us back and a lot of the limitations that we impose upon ourselves actually stem back from things that we've gone through in our lives, you know, whether it's as a child or as a young adult or something just previously. And, uh, you know, when I think about going through the door, just for me personally, I think about, you know, how people can kind of, you know, find that resolve and find that forgiveness, you know, find that self-love, that self-confidence to be able to, to push through. Because I think a lot of the times it's holding us back, you know, what do you think? Yes. Yes. Fear of failure. Mm. Just fear. Yeah. Um, I know myself, I had an opportunity to give a script that I wrote to an actress years ago. Mm. And I didn't want to be obstructive. And she was talking to other people. And then I didn't give it to her. And then a couple of years later, she did a film of, with a very similar. <laughs> and my script was, quite honestly, much better. And I thought back to myself, why did I hold myself back? Mm. I thought it was because I was being respectful to her, and it wasn't. It was my own fear of failure. It was my own fear of rejection. Right. So that's just an example. I'm not immune. Yeah, I, I think of uh, I think of this idea of stealth mode 
a lot where in business, you know, there's this idea of a stealth, we're in stealth mode, you know, tech startups do that a lot. And, you know, the idea of stealth mode is that it's a, it's a safe place because you're not exposed to failure per se, because everything's done in a controlled, contrived environment that's that's free from any type of vulnerability, from criticism or, you know, lack of demand. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not suggesting that stealth mode is is should become obsolete and there's never a place for it because obviously through intellectual property and certain business reasons sometimes that has to be the case but the vast majority of the time i'm sort of reminded of when i used to go into air quotes stealth mode and the reason why i was in that mode was because i wasn't ready and i didn't have the confidence to actually put something out there and 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 have it be criticized and guess what have people not put their credit card in on that checkout page, you know, of course I'm, right. in, I'm in online marketing and, you know, video marketing and all that. So for me, I right. think of, of that sort of online e-commerce application, but you know, cart abandonment is that's the failure in business, you know, for online businesses, it's cart abandonment. It's when people go to your cart and then they, they bail because right. of whatever reason. And, uh, right. you know, I As have, you know, we're in the online training, Jerry Petit, Chief Kondo. Yeah, let's let's actually take a minute to to just um, promote that actually. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys, I've I've um, gone through some of the materials at least on YouTube, and I'm just, I'm so impressed with the philosophy and with the technique and with just the, the the training. It's just so it's so powerful. So your website, correct me if I'm wrong, is wrong is jpjkd.com. That's it jpjkd.com yeah and then uh -huh. there's there's an online subscription yes. option there um, where folks can actually gain online access and i know that you guys are doing some more stuff in that space but definitely yeah, we're, do we're always doing new videos and we're in the process of doing some now so uh, yeah unfortunately or fortunately because we have this uh, ability but it's the only place you can train with jerry right now and uh I'm glad we have his legacy on film captured. Well, that's really important. His teaching method was special, and that's what he was. He was just the greatest. And I've done a lot of other martial arts before I'd met Jerry, and as well as other endeavors, he was the best teacher. He was he was just a master at teaching. It was universal and yet personal at mm. the same time. Universal and personal at the same time. I so he could. So he could use Taoism, Zen. Um, uh, he had a way of disarming people so naturally. For example, we had a very famous quarterback NFL guy come and train with Jerry. Big guy. You know, big guy. Cook up the whole doorway. Jerry loved to cook. He was a world-class cook and baker. So he opened the door. He was in his apron, and he offered him some peach cobbler he just made. <laughs> completely disarmed the guy was you know people were, all, were always nervous showing up the first time yeah. what, what to expect you know he's, right. he's in martial arts there's jerry in his apron offering him cobbler <laughs> <laughs> well that's funny i mean you don't you don't expect for a martial artist a world-class martial artist to to be giving you cobbler in an apron <laughs> why not yeah, yeah why not well, I think that, I mean that that's so interesting because that kind of you know when you when you look at martial artists in in um, in in the media and movies and stuff, you know, I, I hate to do this because I know it's a cliche, but you know, you think of Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> who's that you know that 
infinitely wise, passive, learned, uh, you know, individual, that teacher. And, you know, just the, the simplest things is where he finds the trainings. Yes, and, and, and that, that's how Jerry was. And, yes. that, and that's so interesting to me. And, and yes, it's a cliche, but there's something to be said about doing something that's maybe rote or maybe simple or maybe, you know, just something that our grandma would do, you know, like like a peach cobbler, making peach cobbler. Mm -hmm. Simple uh, but, but not easy. Yeah, yeah, and, and fi exactly. And, yeah. and finding the, the essence and finding the truth in there. I think that's really special. Yes, yes. but yeah. he was offering him more than cobbler. Hmm. And uh, he did step through the door. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Well, this was really great. I, I really appreciate your time. This was a thank really, you. really interesting thank conversation. Thank you, Ruben. I yeah. appreciate you asking me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. So I'm continuing to teach and carry on Jerry's legacy. I'm the head of the Jerry Petit G. Kundo Association, and we're, we're marching on. And because it's too precious to lose. I, I really believe it's something too precious to lose. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I know Jerry's smiling somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be well. Seafood friends. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks.